Welcome to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager. We are streaming to the Greater Puget Sound region, to Facebook, to CHD TV, and uh, all sorts of places. This this is going out. I hope you forgive my froggy voice um, the next two hours. I'm getting over just a, a normal summer cold, um, but I'll be I'll be able to push through here. Um, as always, when I hear the opening theme of this song, that we need a revolution, we need somebody to show us the light. And I tell you, listeners, never before have we needed you more. Usually when you come onto the show, I'm trying to bring in the information for you yourself to, to make informed decisions. And of course, we hope that you will learn and spread the information and help being part of that network of information spreading. But I really, really need you at this stage to make sure you are part of that information spreading because this week um, the FDA gave emergency use authorization to Pfizer and Moderna's COVID shots for children as young as six months old. This is in the absolute absence of necessity, any evidence of safety or effectiveness, and in face in the fact of a biological evidence of not being safe. So we need an army out there with information everywhere you go. A great place to go, get information, go to Children's Health Defense, childrenshealthdefense.org, Go search their website. There are all sorts of places you can download. You don't have to write these yourself. You can download PDFs to print. And you can hand out informational flyers that that have cited information about what parents need to know when they're being confronted with the vaccine decision for their children. So please become part of that army, that network of spreading the information. Do it with love, with grace in your heart. Um, Our dear Grace who is with the angels above now um, and when in the general sense of grace. Um, let's, let's be part of that information network as our federal government has absolutely failed us and sold our children to the pharmaceutical industry. If you had listened to the FDA, you would hear them say, well, gee, I wonder how soon will we be getting information? More information on this, more information on that. Well, we don't have the data. We don't yet have the data. It'll take a while to gather that data. Well, guess where the data comes from? The data comes from when the children of this nation are injected and the adverse events reports begin to come in. That's where the data comes from. We are not going to give our children to the pharmaceutical industry to be guinea pigs. There are safe and effective treatment protocols for COVID. Those need to be used. Our children need to be protected. And so um, today I have two excellent guests. In the first hour, I'm going to be bringing you an attorney who is on a law case that is so important, especially after what I've just described, because 
what is happening is as they push this product out to children, they're already giving it to pregnant women. They're, they're pushing it out to everybody. They are unblinding all of the clinical trials. There will be no long-term safety trials. What they're doing is eliminating the control group. You cannot prove how unsafe a product is if there's nobody on the planet not exposed to it. It makes it really difficult if you don't have a control unexposed group, and that's what they're trying to do. Um, so that's our first hour. In the second hour, we're going to bring you joy and hope and information because we're bringing you a fantastic pediatrician who can tell you how your child's beautiful immune system works and how you can support that and guide them through childhood illnesses. And I'm going to stop talking now, bring on our guests so I can save my voice and let my guests do most of the talking. So I'm going to bring on Greg Glazer. Hi, Greg. Well, well hello. Hi. I'm so pleased I'm to be so here. I'm so pleased to have you here. So my, my voice is failing me. So I'm going to let you let listeners know a little bit about who you are and, and what you're doing. Sure. Well, I'm a lawyer in California. And I'm currently suing the president of the United States over the vaccination program. And our case is called the control group litigation because we, meaning myself and Ray Flores, the other lawyer on the case, we represent the unvaccinated. And, and Greg, let's tell listeners, this isn't just about COVID. This, your lawsuit began pre-COVID, did it not? That is correct. Our lawsuit began before COVID was even a thing. Yeah. And we, uh, we did a study. Um, we did a study of approximately 1,500 completely unvaccinated Americans. That means Americans who have received zero vaccines during their entire lifetime. They never got a measles shot, never got a polio vaccine, never got a flu shot. And we asked them, we surveyed them about their medical diagnoses. So we used the same technique used by the United States Census to perform the uh, children's health survey every year. So, so it's, a, it's a reliable method, or at least it's the method used to set national policy. <laughs> so it should be at least good enough to be up to their standards. Correct. It should be good enough, for, <laughs> and good enough to be admissible in court, Yes, uh, which, is, which is my goal with the survey. Yeah, brilliant and, idea. Yes. So uh, the results we found were absolutely startling. It, yes. The, the unvaccinated are the healthiest people on the planet. And, yes. And it's not even close between the vaccinated and unvaccinated. The unvaccinated are like super children. They are resilient. Their immune systems thrive. And Bernadette, I especially like when you speak about the immune system, you do so very eloquently. And you've written about it. I encourage people to check out your website. Informed Choice, Washington, um, where articles are written about the natural immune system and how it works today and how it's worked historically, and which is exactly what our data show. Um, so what we showed is that the unvaccinated, because their immune systems work in the natural sense, they are not having any of these chronic illnesses that affect more than 50% of all people. As we know, you know, you go out into the public among adults and among children and everybody's got something, basically. And whether it's ADHD, a lot of people have cancer, heart disease, diabetes, 
autoimmune disorders. Everybody's got something, right? But not among the unvaccinated. These people are amazing. It's like they're living in the 1950s. It's like they took a time machine and they're living back when nobody knew what ADHD was or diabetes. What is that, right? Um, autism is another thing we couldn't find among the unvaccinated uh, with one small caveat. And uh, so this data was vetted by multiple experts. We had, uh, we used two different statistical methods of analysis. We used multiple PhDs and physicians to look at it. And they all agree. This was done. The survey was done excellently. It meets all the standard criteria. It has above 99% confidence in the results. Our standard deviation is tiny. Like basically all the arrows are pointing toward, yes, this data is is correct. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've got if um pulled up here. I don't know if I need Nathan's help. There it goes. So um uh listeners, if you want to go to informed consent defense, informed consent defense is at a dot. I forget now because it's not on that page anymore. Dot org or is it correct? Dot- org. Um, and you can actually click on a lot of the things we're going to be talking about here today. And um, so I've got some of these graphs that you've created. If you Yes. Want to these, are the, me. these are the expert vetted graphs, meaning mm-hmm. that they were created with our expert team, PhD, MD team. And they are court documents. These are introduced in federal court. And what they show is that the unvaccinated are 1,248% healthier than the vaccinated. That means that the, un did I say that right? The unvaccinated are 12 times healthier is what I'm saying. Wow. Wow. And, you know, just to let listeners sort of know, because if, if you're new to thinking, you know, that, that vaccines are just, um, something that is just a little bit of like a virus or a little bit of bacteria and it trains your immune system. Like you're thinking, how can it affect all these other things? When, when the whole concept of of a vaccine was developed uh, 150 years ago, I forget how many of the exact, you know, going back to Jenner and everything, we didn't understand the immune system, right? We didn't understand how it worked. We didn't understand, especially the infant, the developing infant immune system, how immature it is and why it's immature. One of the most important things is that we enter the world from the from the womb and into this, this world that's teeming biologically. And we have to populate our bodies with this wonderful teeming life, these microbes that become part of our immune system. You know, we are totally integrated with the rest of all of life on earth. This takes time. If, if infants, when they came into this world, reacted to all the bacteria and the viruses and everything in, in an inflammatory manner as adults do, right. We would never survive infancy, right? Exactly. So our immune systems are really designed to not have these very strong reactions intentionally so that we can populate, you know, our skin, our orifices, and especially our biome to become, you know, in harmony with the rest of the world. And we now know that 70% of our immune system is in the gut. And we now know... I mean, so much about disease, um, how we overcome disease and how we even react to immunizations and vaccinations depends on our gut biome. I mean, there's just so much there. 
But these shots contain far more than just a little snippet of something that nature created. It's usually a genetically modified part of something that nature created in some sort of artificial solution with some sort of very harsh adjuvant, say an aluminum, um, that triggers a very strong, severe immune reaction that an infant immune system is not designed yet to have, right? It provokes a very unnatural response. So if you start life this way, day one of life, actually back up in utero twice when your mother is off label, given the flu vaccine and the TDAP vaccine, and your immune system is still developing. You've got three years yet when you're born as all this develops. Everything's coming online and all of the systems that feed into each other that ultimately play a role. You can't separate thyroid function from immune function, from heart function, from nervous system to neurological. They're all interconnected. It's really beautiful, right? Um, And mankind has dabbled so much in thinking, oh, we'll just do this, not understanding, you know, the whole spider web of what they're touching and the ripple effects going out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Enough for me. But there is, when you mess with the immune system and you inject something at a very early age, it has ripple effects that can impact all the way up until that adult's life. And then tragically what we're finding out, especially with these um, new technologies, the MRNA it can affect your children's lives because it can potentially get into the DNA. Um, and with girl babies, of course, it's impacting the eggs, which they're beginning to develop when they're still inside their mother. Right. That is correct. And it's a, a great question um, to ask the pediatrician, your second guest, uh, where is the immune system located? Yeah. Because it's everywhere. It is. It is. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which which is why, which is why a vaccination, which is designed to trigger your immune system, affects yeah. your everywhere. It affects yeah. your heart, your feet. <laughs> it affects everything, and so um, and feet, you might say, is connected to diabetes, which we see among the vaccinated. Which leads me back to my study. Yeah, we we found a um, so the background rate of diabetes is ten percent in the American population. 10% of people have diabetes, which is crazy, by the way. But if you go among the unvaccinated, what we found is the number is zero. <laughs> and that's a statistical zero, meaning that we surveyed 1,500 people and found zero cases. You know, if we had surveyed, you know, 500,000 people, maybe we would find a couple, some, some cases, but. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you didn't have enough. It wasn't powered high enough to catch it if it's at higher numbers than. But here it was, it was clearly powered high enough to catch diabetes because the number is one in 10, which wow. means that, uh, which means that the odds that we wouldn't find. So, so the odds of there being no diabetes in our study are astronomically low. It was one oh, in wow. six, four with 68 zeros, okay. which, which is another way to say it's like, um, you were more likely to win the lottery twice in a row than for my data to just be a random accident. Like, okay. oh, yeah, you just survey 1,500 people and there's no diabetes. Wow. Okay. Really out. Wow. That's, that's, that's <laughs> really good to know. It's okay. impossible. It would be like, you know, it's like when you flip a coin, you know, you try to flip a coin 
um, you know, a hundred times in a row and have it be heads. Like yeah. anybody who saw that would be like, all right, it's a trick coin or there's something here. Yeah. Right. So um, it, explain to me how that, that differs now. And I get what you're saying yeah. from like what, what Pfizer and Moderna did by underpowering and then using these amino bridging studies for these COVID shots on, on babies where they didn't have enough children in the study to catch pericarditis and um, myocarditis and some of the things that we know these shots actually cause. Mm -hmm. That's a whole different. That is it. That's a whole different, uh, you know, uh, James Lyons Wheeler would be a really excellent uh, person one. to talk okay. about the <laughs> My uh, friend Jack. Uh, okay. immunobridging <laughs> because, because he, he calls out that, um, that issue for, for what it is, which is pseudoscience. They're trying to use immunobridging to justify um, their, uh, their recommendation. And but, you know, um, what was, you know, it was crazy, Greg, I listened to two days of that and of, of the FDA and also to the CDC today. And supposedly all these parents had public comments that were pro shot for the kids. <clears throat> and these things were so beautifully written. They were all called to emotion and then saying, and because the immunobridging very much satisfies, and they went on and on about, I mean, what parent in America knows what immunobridging exactly. is? Exactly. That is right? a script. It was such a script. And we know these shots are safe and effective. Well, the FDA never, and Pfizer and Moderna never actually say that. Because to get emergency use authorization, they don't have to prove safe and effective. They have to try to prove Benefits outweigh risk, which, of course, I don't feel they did. But anyway, I'm squirreling. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Just, okay. So, so, so your study, you've got the statistics to show that this could not be by chance. Correct. And our statistics agree with every other known study on the planet of the completely unvaccinated. The uh, James Lyons Wheeler and Paul Thomas study, the Mawson study the Hooker and Miller study, even Abby's work out of Africa, every single study that looks at the fully unvaccinated finds the exact same thing. Yeah. They're exponentially healthier than the vaccinated. The, the only place where the studies differ is how much healthier, you know, because yeah. different diagnoses can be, you know, can, yeah. can, um, yeah. can change the way that one looks at the data. But the point is yeah. that it's always the same outcome, which is they're yeah. exponentially healthier. Yeah. Which means that we should be studying the unvaccinated. We should we be need to study what they're yeah. doing right. What they're and, exactly. And what we shouldn't be doing is destroying them. We should not exactly. be destroying their groups, um, uh, putting them into uh, situations where they're not allowed to interact with society. You know, they're not allowed to go to school. They're not allowed to go to work. Cannot can't enter a government building. That is obviously we have a word for that. It's segregation. Yeah. Another word is dis discrimination. And is there any history in our country of segregating people based on what they were born with? They were born with a particular skin color and we segregated them. Mm -hmm. How did that turn out? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, so, so, under, the, under the guise of public health, that's how our freedoms are being stolen. Yeah. And, and then <clears throat> for my listeners, well, uh, most of them know, you know, my stance on, on vaccination at this point, but we are not, um, I, I guess if we go back to the whole idea when the whole concept 
a vaccination began, we didn't understand the immune system, and now we do, and we understand naturally, naturally acquired immunity. We know how robust it is. We know how um, natural immunity to measles confers protection against some forms of cancer later in life, say. It's a very complex interaction we have with the microbial world. And treatments exist to prevent severe outcome. And we know what makes you more susceptible to severe outcome to disease. So the whole paradigm of vaccination needs to be replaced with better um, health nutrient supporting natural health overall and better early treatment protocols. But that's not where the money is. We've got a trillion dollar industry. Out of the top three sales products in 2021, two of them were COVID shots. And in the top, I think, I think it was number 14, Gardasil was up there. Um, in the teens, three were shots. We're talking billion dollar annual products for shots, right? This, and that's just three shots. Um, it's a huge industry that doesn't want to let go to, to the fact that it may be better for us to interact with the microbial world in a healthy manner and do the safe early treatment protocols and have better diagnostics mm -hmm. <laughs> than to try to protect all 7 billion people on the, on the planet from experiencing a disease when their immune systems do so much better job at immunizing them, right? That's so exactly we need correct. the control group is the only group on the planet that shows us what real immunity is. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's it's so vital. It's such a vital fact, and it's mm -hmm. it's pharma's Achilles' heel. Um, the reason I know that is because pharma refuses to study the unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. They will study anything else under the sun gladly. They will spend billions studying the pathways of things, different markers, genetics, histories. Oh, they love it, but mm -hmm. they will never study the unvaccinated. Why? Because they know it is impossible to cook the data. The unvaccinated are exponentially healthier. Pharma can smooth out all sorts of curves, and they do. They are ridiculous in the way that they manipulate data, but they can't change this one thing. That's how much healthier the unvaccinated are. Yeah. Well, and they've been brilliant at normalizing injury of their products. To the point that if you dare try to say that, that some somebody, you know, they've done it really with autism. They, they say if you say that, um, that autism is anything but genetic, that you're like attacking the child. And to me, it's sort of like saying, no, you can't cure cancer. You can't cure deafness. You can't cure something, right? I mean, you love the child and who they are. But you also try to prevent it in other children yeah. and you try to cure it. But no, they normalize it. The most evil, brilliant marketing campaigns. And now, of course, we know they're trying to normalize heart disease. They're trying to normalize strokes in children. They're trying to normalize 
SAD, sudden adult adult death syndrome, SADS. Um, And And it will backfire spectacularly at the, at the expense of human lives, which is what you were saying earlier about how we get data like this. We get it because it costs lives. Yeah. They, they, you know, Greg, you and I have been doing this for a long time and we hate that harm has been done by the response to COVID um, by COVID itself, everything COVID. But the silver lining has been, they have achieved what we hope to do far faster than we ever could. The world can now see, and I, I'd like to describe it as, there has been like an alien spaceship hovering over planet Earth. And you and I have been going, there's a spaceship out there. It's got its lasers <laughs> on you and nobody could see it. You're crazy. Go away. You know, you flat earthers, you want UFOers, you believe in Bigfoot too, right? <clears throat> but then what happened? The CDC, the FDA, the World Health Organization, the Gates Foundation, all of them are spending so much energy pushing their agenda, they became uncloaked. They are now uncloaked. They uncloaked their whole <laughs> ship. And now we're like, everybody can see it. Everybody can see it. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people who say, it started with the COVID shot, then I, be, then I began to listen to all the other stuff you talked about, and I began to do my research, and now I will never give, it, give or get another shot again. Yes. They yeah. did this. They are going, they did it to themselves. But, but we have to be there to continue the education, um, to keep as many children as safe, so as few as pe- uh, people are harmed as possible, right? And to kind of pick up the pieces, I guess, when it all really begins to crumble. Mm-hmm. Um, That's how it feels so much, especially as these these bills get passed in California and other states that are, you know, taking away our rights. I feel like, you know, people in the movement, we become the cleanup crew for these, these legislators who are just, you know, segregating families. And then where do the families go? They come to us and they have questions and we have to fill out documents and, you know, help them with all this stuff. And so we're like the cleanup crew for for terrible politics. And it's hard. It's hard hard. to do it um, in the sense that, um, we don't know when there's a resolution. As long as there's, as long as there's going to be a resolution in the future, I'll do it all day long. Me too. Me too. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but but we need to know that this is helping. Um, that's and that's yeah. the key. And uh, so sure. I'm, I'm pleased with what I'm seeing with um, uh, with how the movement is uh, is growing. Yes. It, including you know the homeschooling community, especially yes. and patriots. That is. Wow, who saw that? Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and and so it's um yeah. it's an important time. And it is. COVID obviously woke up uh, woke up people. And so yeah. I think that um we we will see the change that we have hoped for. I, mm-hmm. I don't think that the um the farm is gonna go down without a fight. Um mm-hmm. and I think that what what we're gonna find in the end is that vaccination was the gateway 
it was like the gateway drug for people to learn about so many more things that are affecting their health. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, tell listeners now where your litigation is, what, what stage of things is it at? And then, and then I don't want to forget how people can help you keep this going. I know you guys must need some funding to keep going. We are, we're fine. You know, uh, I work pro bono, which I'm happy to do. And, and the, uh, you know, I do pay some expenses, but the, the case is, um, the case is going well in the sense that we were able to successfully uh, get the judge recused from the case because he owned manufacturer uh, vaccine manufacturer stock. So he, you know, okay, I'm going to reverse my orders. Uh, then it went up to the ninth circuit and they said, well, he doesn't have jurisdiction to reverse his orders. We're going to uphold it. So now we are appealing that up to this U S Supreme court. So we're currently at the U S Supreme court level, the highest level. And we've put the question before the court as do the unvaccinated have the right to exist? Does the control group have the right to exist? It's a phenomenally interesting question, legal question. And so there's three possible outcomes, two of which we win, and the other one, the government wins. Option one is that the court can ignore us. They can say, well, we're not going to decide the issue or we're not going to recognize your, your right. In that case, we, we lose and that's game over. Mm-hmm. Um, option two is the court could say, well, we agree with the government that you can't sue the president. However, we think you do have a right here. You have a right to exist. You just need to sue somebody else. That would be a win because then we would have the right, the legal right. And then that right could be applied in any case in the future. It's set an excellent precedent. And then okay. option three, of course, is we could just win directly. Yes, you could sue the president and here is your remedy. What and how, how does that go? Like if they do say, here's your remedy. Do... Yeah. It would be like um, the famous case of Brown versus the Board of Education. Okay. Um, the way it worked is that the plaintiffs, the, the students, the black students in the South, they sued the school board. They said, you got to let us into the school. And the government said, no, you're black. You can't come in. And so the case went all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the court said, we're going to create a remedy. We're going to declare that separate is not equal. Uh, That's it. Period. End of of decision. And then in the years that followed after Brown versus the Board of Education, the courts did thousands of cases where they interpreted what that meant. So separate is not equal. That means you have to desegregate. So then the court sorted it out. It's the exact same thing with my case. My case is like Brown versus the Board. It's like that first case. Okay. The first one where we're saying the unvaccinated have the right to exist. And if yeah. the court will just say that one thing, then it opens the door for a thousand cases that come yeah. after that enforce the right and make it meaningful so that we get to go to work, get to go to school, can't, you know, get to go into government buildings and so forth as unvaccinated people. I love it. I love it. And, you know, um, we're sort of Marvel fans in, in this house. My son loves the Marvel movies. We've been rewatching those. And it's it's kind of an interesting because a lot of these movies you've got a you've got a lot of mad scientists who want to do they start off wanting to do something great for humanity and something always goes wrong. Yeah. You know? Um 
I forget the point I was even making with this. I was making a really good point um, uh, with this. It'll it'll come back to me here in a minute though. But um, anyway, we'll we'll just go on. That's I hate that brain fog. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. And so did I, did Spider Man get his powers from a vaccine or was it a spider bite? It was a it was a spider bite, okay. but there was we're we're going through the different um, Spider Man you know series because they had different actors and and one we just watched last night there was actually this machine and I think it was real where they were working on um, an invention that could spray like a polio vaccine over an entire city to inoculate everybody at once, they said. But it had never been deployed before because of the ethical reasons you could not, um, you know, um, opt out. There would be no way of opting out, so they had never used it. But they ended up needing to use it as an antidote when a villain used uh, um, the same thing to to spread this... this um, crazy stuff to turn people into sand people or I can't remember lizard people or something. <laughs> yeah. um, well, anyway. it's, it, I mean, it, and it speaks to the issues of our time, uh, yeah. which is why uh, if the Supreme court agrees to hear my case and I, I will know that answer in August of this yeah. year, if, if they say yes, then it will cause a flurry of interested yeah. groups who want to weigh in on the issue. They're called yeah. amicus briefs and groups will be groups will be, um, the, the types of groups that will take an interest are health groups, meaning uh, groups that are for and groups that are against 5G, groups that are for polluting rivers versus groups that are not. And the reason why is obvious, because a control group has massive meaning. A control yes. group is not just for vaccination. No. The, the idea that there can be a, a group of healthy, unmolested individuals yeah. who just exist yeah. in, a, in a natural state. Right. That means you can't hit them with chemtrails. You cannot hit them with 5G. That is a massive um, concept. The idea that we're going to have people on planet Earth who are actual, um, you know, natural earthlings. And and so the power of this, the, the industry would hate me winning. Yeah, that, that I can. I'm what I'm trying to do is protect natural people, the yeah. ability to exist right. in a natural state. Because exactly. I exactly because because I personally identify like this. The, these are my people. I, I want to live in this way. Yeah. So it is a um, and, and I've yeah. seen the utility, and I I believe it's our future. You know, Earthling is uh, Earth is for Earthlings, and yeah. um, I think that we have. Yeah. Um, we're, we're going so fast down this technological road, you know, yeah. all these new things and new ways to, to move energy wirelessly. Yeah. That- well, and, and I think you, you reminded me of the point with the Marvel movies that I had been trying to make is that mankind for a long time has been very concerned when you read through literature and movies and everything, all these sci-fi things with our ability to create and do certain things that we really don't understand what we're doing and could potentially really undermine undermine the fate of all mankind. And I think that there's inherently, and what I would hope with any judge that hears your case, 
that they would understand that there's a reason why mankind has always been both pursuing knowledge um, and fearful of what we might do with that new knowledge, mm -hmm. right? And, and we're almost at the point of no return. <laughs> I don't think there's a person on this planet that has, doesn't have probably a drop of glyphosate, right. <laughs> a PCB molecule. There are so many chemicals that are everywhere. It's in the Arctic ice. It's in the rainwater. You can't avoid it. You know, there's so, but, but, there, but the, so the, the, the great thing is, and this is, and our data show this mm -hmm. is that a woman, when she has a, a newborn baby and she does not get vaccinated, she is the filter. She can produce mm. a baby who is clean of glyphosate, mm. who is clean of vaccine damage. And, mm. and so um, we just, all we need is one one or two generations and we, we can fix this. We can fix this. You know, life, God, whatever you want to call it, wants to go on, right? I mean, it just... It's amazing to me. Um, and I love Dr. Zach Bush. Do you ever listen to, to Dr. Zach? Oh, yeah. Zach Bush. He's, He's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, and I can't remember the numbers. He, he knows it, the science of it. But it's something like what took 10 years to damage, you can heal in 10 months. Because the body wants to heal. Mm -hmm. Life wants to heal. Life wants, It's really amazing how much we can bombard ourselves how much bad food we can eat, bad chemicals we can breathe, you know, alcohol we can drink, nasty stuff we can do. Hmm. And we're still a kicking. Yeah, it's um, amazing. Because our bodies really are pretty amazing. Um, but there's so much money to be made in doing things the way they are. And that that's what we're up against. We're not up against how do we fix the world? We know how to fix the world. We're up against people making money for us not to fix the world. You know, there's a, the, you're raising an ex excellent point. Um, and there's something hidden in that last point that I want to repeat and then expand on. Okay. Um, you said that the body wants to heal. That is true. That means that the body, when it is experiencing issues, will give us lessons. The body will give us symptoms to teach us how to heal. Mm. For example, if you're experiencing dehydration, you get a dry throat. Your throat is not trying to hurt you. <laughs> it's trying to help you. you yeah. know? Or, and, and if you don't listen to the throat, what happens? You start to get mm -hmm. a headache, right? Mm -hmm. Dehydration? Is your head trying to hurt you? No. It's help you. That <laughs> is in yeah. everything. Yeah, it, it's it, it's even in relationships, you know, yes. so a couple will get into an argument and then they say, oh, they're trying to hurt me. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah. They're trying to help you. Everything yeah. is helping you. The headache, yeah. the dry throat, the, yeah. uh, you know, the fight, the anger, the, the emotions, everything is helping. And and what you find is that the successful people are the ones who see the opportunity in everything. Like, oh, yeah. this is a learning opportunity. I can use this information to create something. And yeah. so it's the same with this vaccine program. It is as terrible as it is in creating autism. And oh my goodness, nobody knows it. Like, like we know it working in this movement. We've seen the yeah. data. We, we know. Yeah. But even though we know, we are also in a position to say there is opportunity here to learn an amazing lesson that can teach us something about how to heal as humans, mm -hmm. how, to, how to have a relationship with technology 
that is not this destructive dependence on an industry like pharma. Oh my gosh, how does an industry like pharma even exist? You know? So so clearly there's an, there's an imbalance in nature and we have to learn to, to fix that. So, so I'm optimistic that this Mm -hmm. COVID experience will wake people up to all of these related issues People are seeing it with um, mRNA being like this weird form of transhumanism. They're seeing it with the QR codes and, you know, um, contact tracing that it's a form of, you know, losing their sovereignty. It's like this digital ID weirdness. Um, You know, my focus has been on the vaccine science. So I have seen firsthand how damaging this is to to immune systems. And we're all learning our lessons. We're coming together. And I think that the, the lesson that we learn will be, we're going to change our relationship with Mm -hmm. technology and we're going to be growing in control groups. I think that, you know, currently my clients are the minority. I represent uh, the the completely unvaccinated uh, group in America is only about 0.26%, about 800,000 Americans. So a quarter of 1%. Imagine you have a penny, quarter of that penny, a little snip. That is, that is, uh, the completely unvaccinated population in America, I think it's going to grow. And, yeah. and, that's, and that's the purpose of my case. My, mm-hmm. my, my case is to say, look at this endangered group mm-hmm. of people. They have the right to exist. And when they do exist, they teach us about how to be like them, which is they're the healthiest people on the planet. So they should grow. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think, I think we will win. Whether I win in court, I think we will ultimately win. Yeah, yeah. The, um, you know, and the thing about, you know, everything about vaccination is marketing. And I remember once I was sitting on an uh, advisory group um, for the Washington State Department of Health back when they were still trying to, they would speak with me and invite me places, but <laughs> it didn't happen for long. Um, <laughs> the meeting was opened up with the chair of the, of the meeting saying, you know, if you love children, and I do, and you believe in vaccines, and I do, then, you know, we, the, the language of our, our laws and rules are very important, because, you know, we want healthy children. And anyway, he was equating children and health, basically. So I pulled the mic to me, and said, sir, with all due respect, vaccination does not equal health. More than half of the kids in our state have chronic health issues. Vaccines are designed for one purpose, to either minimize or, um, or prevent symptoms of one transient illness. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's no vitamins. There's no nutrients. There's nothing essential to life. It's just to help this child maybe prevents symptoms for a certain length of time. That's Mm -hmm. it. That's all you got. And so we cannot equate um, shots with, um, they didn't like that. They didn't like that because it undermines their marketing um, Mm -hmm. message. But um, there's just so much of that marketing messaging that will begin crumbling that people are seeing is coming down now because they're using that same message on the most dangerous shots ever given to humanity. They're pushing it out. there, safe and effective billboards with people with their sleeves rolled up safe and effective. Get yours today. 
Um, You know, and somebody just saw their uncle pass away, Mm -hmm. either from the shot or from um, a cancer that came out of remission two weeks after they got the shot, you know, which we're seeing. We're seeing all-cause mortality go up. And we're seeing that um, we're having doctors and scientists show us the biologically plausible reasons why this happens because of the lipo nanoparticles going everywhere and that spike protein. And in fact, there's a really good um, episode today. Um, it's the, uh, oh, uh, you see, what's the name of the show? Oh, um, CHD's Friday's Roundtable. If you get a chance, watch that today. They had um, Michael Palmer. MD on today and he had some slides from a pathologist named Dr. Burkhart I believe he's in Germany and it it irrefutable evidence of the spike protein going to different parts of the body setting up little factories mm-hmm. and wreaking havoc to, to think you're going to inject that in a six month old baby who's not at risk of death from that infection and at best they're saying it might work for 60 days I mean, really, this is so frightening. Yeah. This it's just, it's, you know, humans for a life strategy, relying on authorities, you know, like engineers yeah. to build bridges is, is a very useful strategy, except except when it's not. There, there's a time when relying on the authorities is actually one of the most dangerous things. Yeah. Well, the, this is that example of the, trust. The thing people. about bridges yeah. Is that if you're an engineer and you design and you and you build a bridge, if you didn't do it right and you didn't do it to your best ability, <laughs> you can't hide bridge failure. Everybody sees it. People die. It's a very big thing. It makes headline news. If you don't design a shot, a vaccine well, when the injury happens, it happens in private in a doctor's office or at somebody's home scattered all over and then it's denied. It's easy to cover up. You know, airplanes are safe because when an airplane falls from the sky, you can't cover up. You can't cover up bad aerodynamic, you know, design engineering from an airplane. You can't. Yeah. Bad vaccine design, you can. And and other things, other chemicals get into the environment. You can try to say, oh, you can't prove it's glyphosate. You can't prove it's the PCBs. You can't prove it's this or that. Hmm. But... Um, yeah, yeah, the injection is, because it's an injection of toxins into tissue, yeah. um, and then the tissue flows, in the, you know, into the bloodstream. The, uh, the blood, you know, there's an interaction with bloodstream and tissue. Yeah. The, the idea here, or the analogy might be closer to a in an industrial hog farm polluting a river or mm-hmm. a a region of a foreign country sending in a bunch of toxic products into the stream of commerce yeah. in the United States and then it <clears throat> enters and it and it infects and then you look around the body you know you look around people's houses and you just see all these harmful chemicals and all yeah. these harmful products and yeah. harmful practices and food and energy and the things yeah. that they put in their brain and then you go wow this is a very unhealthy system yeah. And so I think that's the lesson that we're taking away. Right. And, you know, right. one of my concerns is in, as a, someone who works in this movement, I, w- I wonder what your thoughts are too, because I view you as being an individual who's very credible and you're Thank also you. a good writer. 
Um, one of my concerns is not that we're going to lose in the long run. I am certain we will win and truth will prevail in the long run. One of my concerns is that people in the future will look back at our, at our movement and say, maybe the reason that they didn't win as fast as they should have is because they lacked credibility, that they weren't professional enough. That is my biggest concern, you know? Well, so I think it's important that we, or that we strive to be yeah. as, you know, as professional, as clean and as credible as possible. There's a smear yeah. campaign against us. And yeah. I've observed that the mainstream news, they need, it's almost like they need the opposition, their, their opposition mm-hmm. to be, uh, to demon, to, they need someone to demonize. Oh, definitely. And, right. And so, right. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do is is not is be of such a caliber that you I cannot be demonized. Right. And that, yeah. And that and 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 I think the answer to that is in the Christian gospel. I think it's mm. the idea of love your enemies. So even when they say negative things about you, you find a way to say that is some interesting information. Let's see where there's an opportunity in it. What can we learn here? Well, you know, one of the one of the benefits of like, you know, being very active with public health in person before COVID, when you could actually go to the meetings and talk to these people as individuals, get to know them as human beings, you realize that they really believe what they're saying. Yeah, I know. Just like we believe what we're saying. Yeah. Right. And And they're in this whole culture of not questioning what the CDC says. They're being told what we're saying is misinformation, disinformation, and all that. You know, there's a lot of shaping going on. But it helped me not demonize the other. Now, there there are evil individuals at high levels and at certain key positions that are driving all this. But the vast majority, I've... I sense really believe, you know, and I've seen some of them turn and it's quite shocking for them to figure out. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Right. So we, we do this. I love that. Like you said, with credibility as professional as we can holding our heads high and always staying with grace in our hearts mm-hmm. and ready to forgive and move forward. Yeah. Um, this is bigger than any grudge and I told you so. Right. Yeah. Uh, one more minute. Where can people find more information um, sure. about your yeah. lawsuit. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we have a website called informedconsentdefense.org. And it's updated regularly. And it has all of the court documents and the science graphs, very shareable. And folks will find that I will post an update as soon as I hear from the U.S. Supreme Court, which I think will be August. Oh, August. That's pretty soon. I know. Yeah. Oh, I, I'll, I'll send some prayers that they do it and we get a good response that will move this forward. Yes. Um, yeah. All righty, Greg. Well, I, I so appreciate you coming back on the show, giving us this update. I love your positivity. I love Thank your you. energy. We, we've got Dr. Michael Gata comes on and he's like, he's like you. I know we're going to win. <laughs> you know, so, you know, all of us Pollyannas and, and you know, <laughs> together, you know, we're going to get through this together. <laughs> so, um, so I thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, um, 
Uh, listeners, we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, we're going to be bringing on a wonderful pediatrician who's going to educate us on our wonderful immune systems uh, given by God so that we um, we don't have to live in fear as they would want us to do. We don't need to do that. So you've been listening to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM, KKNW, and CHD-TV. We'll be right back. If you're looking for a publication that delivers honest takes and critical insights into the issues of our day, then look no further than The Flame Paper. The Flame Paper is written for the people, by the people, who aren't afraid to challenge a mainstream narrative, be it health care, voter fraud, political correctness, or even the one world government. The Flame is full of timely articles, reports, and expert advice written by freedom-loving, truth-telling experts, journalists, and concerned citizens. To subscribe, go to theflameusa.com. During this unprecedented response to an infection outbreak, it has been made very clear that shutting down lives and businesses is not sustainable or repeatable. We've also learned that it's unnecessary. Treatments exist and always exist. For 99% of the population, nutrients and oxidative therapies that support the immune system and improve symptoms are always available to address viral infections. For the less than 1% who need more, Inexpensive, unpatentable drugs can be added to the nutrient therapies to improve outcomes. It's time each and every one of us empower ourselves with this knowledge. We need not ever bring our lives to a halt again. We can both save lives and retain the liberty that nourishes us body and soul. Learn more at HealthyImmunityNow.org. That's HealthyImmunityNow.org. Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. We need a revolution. There's only one solution. I need somebody to show me, somebody to show me love. We need a revolution. Hello. Welcome back to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Bernadette Pager, uh, and we're streaming to CHD TV. Thank you very much. I need to make sure I say, I forget to say this every week, and I really should, a big, huge thank you to our many donors who make this show possible. This show runs entirely on donations. Um, we run PSAs, public service announcements for CHD and the High Wire and others, just to bring you more information and to help remind you of where, you know, to go get great resources um, to help you live that informed life. Um, we really need to get this information on the air and especially on the airways, you know, um, AM radio is a, still a great way in this great free land of ours <clears throat> to be able to talk uncensored. And there goes my voice. Hold on. <clears throat> 
Okay, <clears throat> I think what I need to do is bring in my guest so that I can talk less. And my guest, I've got getting over a mild summer cold. I apologize here. So <clears throat> without further ado, I'm going to bring on Dr. Cornelia France. Hello, Dr. France. Um, there she is. Uh, now you have to unmute. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Um, so... Uh, as you've heard, my voice is in and out a little bit this evening. So um, <clears throat> if I ever need to pause, you just go ahead and keep talking. You've got a lot of good things to say. Um, so I'm going to try to get through a reading a little bit about you for our listeners. It's been more than a year, I think, since I had you on. Do you remember when it was I last had you on? Um, not ex exactly. I think it was like September last year. Maybe September uh, last year. Yeah, and the engineer Cornelia is asking if maybe you could refresh. I'm not sure what that means. Okay. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and, and read about you while you try to refresh so we can get a better connection. So Dr. Cornelia France is the founder and owner of the France Center in Orlando, Florida. She was raised in Asheville, North Carolina, and attended Wake Forest, Forest University as an undergraduate. She received her MD from Bowman Gray School of Medicine in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and went to complete her pediatric internship in Lexington, Kentucky. And, you know, it's amazing because now I'm in, uh, I'm in Tennessee, in Northeast Tennessee. And so when I first read that, I wasn't living in your stomping grounds. And now I'm in, your, in, in the stomping grounds where you, uh, you train to be a doctor. Um, you're the author of a book, Common Sense Pediatrics. I love that. Combining alternative and traditional medicine in everyday practice. So let's talk about that, um, Dr. France. What, what is common sense pediatrics? What do you mean by that? Isn't all pediatrics common sense? I say um, with a wink. <laughs> Pediatrics might be, but all medicine is not. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and common sense is the, the native intuitive wisdom. Native intuitive wisdom. And you know, I'm your words are still breaking up. I'm I'm wondering, Cornelia, if maybe um Nathan, do you think if she turns her video off, do you think that might be helpful so we get her at least get her lovely voice? Um, I, I want to see you. Oh no. Is it only going to be just me? Can you go ahead and talk? Yeah. No, that's still not better. No. Um, that's not a good connection. Are you on Wi-Fi? Or... Maybe. Okay. Bear with us listeners. It, she's going to be worth the wait. Um, <clears throat> and in the meantime, I can, uh, keep talking. Okay, better, better, better. It might have been where I'm located in, in the house. Okay, you're getting a little bit better. Um, okay. I'm going to go ahead and read a little bit from, I think I already did your about page here. Oh, it's fun. So her website is, uh, France is spelled F-R-A-N-Z. So the thefranzcenter.com, thefranzcenter.com. Um. Okay, shall we give it a try again and see if we can hear you and see if we can see you? Yep. There we go. 
Is All it better? Right. Can you hear me better? A little bit better. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. So um, let's go back to you explaining what common sense um, pediatrics, uh, um, common sense pediatrics, what is that? Um, well, common sense pediatrics is oh. listening. Can you hear me? No. You okay. No. Um, so we're get, we're hearing from our station that maybe if you could try turning off your Wi-Fi and just using your cell data. Do you want to try that using the cell your cell phone? And there's a there's a call in number that is in the chat. If you want to try calling the phone number in the chat, so we get good a good strong um, sound there. So while Cornelia um, goes to see if she can do that, I'm going to go ahead and explore her website and bring you some and look to see. I'm going to read a little bit about what she says Common Sense Pediatrics is about. <clears throat> so this is a book that you can buy. It combines the best of alternative therapies and traditional medicine for everyday use by parents and healthcare providers alike. Trained in traditional Western medicine, Dr. France has discovered that alternative medicine has much to offer to complement and speed healing. Western medicine treats symptoms where the non-traditional or alternative entities treat the whole person. Looking at the whole body, mental, emotional, physical, offers more opportunity to find the root cause of illness and stimulate deep healing. And, you know, I've always found it made no sense to me why Western medicine is called, is considered standard or traditional where alternative um, medicine is not when often the alternatives are things that our grandmothers or great grandmothers, you know, um, mothers of old have, have always done, but there it is. Uh, we, We've been relegated to the sidelines and called alternative medicines. Um, and this, you know, this marries well with, I think, I think while we try to get our wonderful guests back, I'm going to, um, I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about an article that we were talking about in the last hour called um, Perfect, uh, Perfectly Designed that's on our website. Perfectly designed. This was published on our website, I think, three years ago. Let me look to see. Yeah, 2019. But I don't think it's there's ever been a more important time for the information in this article um, to be read. Um, so I'm going to read a little bit to this to you guys um, when you come back on. Nathan, if our guest pops in, give me a heads up because I'm going to be looking at another page and not seeing if she pops in. So babies are born perfectly designed to transition safely from the cozy and protected womb environment to the outside world. But perfectly designed does not mean ready to be independent. Infants and children are dependent on their parents for their very survival, needing their loving care and protection. This, of course, has been always intuitively known and practiced for eons of human existence. Current science, much of which is still not incorporated into modern day, modern day child healthcare recommendations, has shown us the importance of this nurturing, 
growing, and acclimating time of life, which is needed for optimal health and well-being. Yet for many decades, society has mistakenly developed practices that are, as the old saying goes, throwing out the baby with the bathwater. And Greg and I touched on this. We touched on the fact that when, say, vaccines in particular were invented, we really didn't understand how the immune system worked. We knew almost nothing about how the immune system developed, you know, developed the difference between the infant immune system and the adult. We didn't know about the microbiome so much. We didn't know when the idea of interrupting artificially through the injection process by triggering an incomplete immune response, we didn't understand um, what would happen there. So the article goes on to talk about the microbiome. So many of the modern practices in children's healthcare negatively impact something very important, of course, the microbiome. What is that? It's the 10 to 100 trillion symbiotic microbial cells or microbiota, mostly bacteria and some yeast that inhabit the gut, the skin, and every orifice of the human host. Think of the microbiota as the trees and inhabitants of a forest forming the entire forest ecosystem. And this microbiota talks to its human host through gene expression. So your microbiome can actually act to turn some of your genes on and off at certain times. It is so intricately tied to how our bodies behave and to our mood. You cannot separate one from the other. One thing that has been learned is that um, I believe at least, if I'm remembering the number correctly, half of individuals who go on um, antibiotics end up with a period of depression afterward because your, yeah, so your mental health, your neurological health is so intimately tied to your, your gut biome. If you're killing off some of the good biome, you're shaking things up in the brain as well and not in a good way. I've never heard of anybody suddenly having six months of really, really good mood after being on antibiotics. But, and I hope we can hear you now because you can tell my voice is going again. Yeah. Well, I'm here. Seems to be oh, working. I'm sorry about seems, that. Oh, no worries. It happens. It happens. I'm just so glad you were able to come back. So I described your book a little bit. I looked at it on your website. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about the common sense approach to pediatrics. Um, go yeah, ahead. you know, <clears throat> it's an evolutionary thing. And um, early in practice, when I wrote the book, it just... It just seems like people forget how to think something through. And so we are related. You talk about the microbiome, all this stuff. I mean, basically, we are participating organisms in nature. And so common sense to me, I explain, it's like, okay, so in nature, if something is hot, you cool it. If something is cold, you heat it. All right. And so that the body does the same thing. And you mentioned it in the last hour and so did Greg. The body well, it wants to heal, but more importantly, it's designed to heal. We are designed to be healthy. And when you just 
break things down and all the time I'm like, wait, stop, 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 stop. What are you worried about? What is scaring you? Because fear is the biggest driving force behind so many things. Yeah. And I spend most of my days explaining to parents, I go, there are a few axioms they teach in med school or taught me that are very useful. The number one was, well, first do no harm. The second is when you hear hoofbeats, think horses, not zebras. So in the world of <laughs> medicine, right, in the world of medicine, horses are, you know, common, you know, in the US, the zebras are not endemic. Zebras are okay. the rare thing. Okay. So, you know, it's, you get a headache and, or, or your child gets a headache and the way we've been indoctrinated and fear mongered is you go, oh my God, I must have a brain tumor. How about, no, how about you have a headache? Let's go back to common sense, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that just has become so important and a foundation of what we do. Because what we do in my practice is we want to empower parents and educate them because they, they actually know way more than they realize. And then they're, they're often put down in the healthcare setting, yes. which I yes. just go, no. Yeah. And, yeah. and as a, as a mother, um, I, I realized I was like, Hmm. Yeah. No, do not cross me. I am this child's mother. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I am with this child 24 seven. I need you to listen. And so for me, listening to parents is crucial because without parents, you can't do anything. All right. 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 It's old enough to talk. One of the most devastating things that the entire medical paradigm and, and especially our own government and public health has done has convinced individuals, and we'll just use COVID-19 as the example, right. that children are defenseless against COVID-19 unless they get the shot. And yes, um, this week there were two like eight hour long meetings of the FDA. And within them, there were one hour public comment each day. And first of all, I think that they were some of them were just too well scripted. I don't think they were real people, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> all of the those ones who were for the FDA giving emergency, emergency use authorization to babies as young as six months old to these COVID shots repeated that my baby is defenseless. My one-year-old is defenseless. My four-year-old is defenseless. I've kept my child out of music class, out of swim class, out of grocery stores. My child has done nothing because my child is defenseless. Our children who have not received a vaccination for any disease, defenseless against disease. No. That's my question for you. Yay, no. Okay, so explain to listeners and viewers of the beauty of the human immune system and even a young child's immune system. All right. They are so the opposite of defenseless. So when a child is born, the immune system, the child's immune system is not 
fully operational, but all the components are there. How this child is protected is by mom's antibodies because every antibody to every illness she's ever had is passed on to this child and that will protect this child for six to nine months. During that time, especially after six months, the child's immune system starts to be, um, I want a better word than reactive, but it starts to act and create its own antibodies. So there's, there's a time it's just mom and here's baby. And mm-hmm. then baby starts to come up until mm-hmm. they're even and then mom drops and baby takes over. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, if mom is breastfeeding, all right, then she is continuing to give the baby protection, immune protection for certainly the first year of life. Mm-hmm. And that, and actually studies have shown that if you breastfeed till a minimum four months, then you can protect the child till a year. Now, after a year, the baby's, the child's immune system is getting pretty active and the breast milk is now less for nutrition and more for just keeping the immune system going. Mm-hmm. Now, I loved what, what Greg Glazer said. I love the study because it's what I witness in my own practice. The children who are not vaccinated at all are healthier. And I know in in my practice, we have fewer hospitalizations. We have way fewer use of pharmaceutical medications, especially in the unvaccinated population. We've also noticed that they begin developing some of their milestones earlier than what the traditional schedule says. So, and and now the CDC has changed the the traditional schedule and made delayed development normal for a right. lot of a lot of milestones. It's really very concerning that they did this. Um, could you point out to listeners because the marketing of COVID nineteen over the past few years has been that it's a novel virus to humans. Therefore, no human was prepared to deal with it. Now, you know, I talked about studies on this show over the past couple of years that it was found very early on that anybody who had gotten a coronavirus was afforded some level of protection. Um, So it wasn't completely, you know, novel to the human species. Is that correct? And so... So even that passive immunity given from mom to baby that mother had ever had a cold was likely giving some protection. Is that correct? Um, I would say that is correct because COVID stands for coronavirus. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the coronaviruses have been ubiquitous on many of our, our um, DNA panels that we do, the PCR panels that are really common now, Mm -hmm. the coronavirus is part of it. So the coronavirus COVID-19 is part of that. Now, I don't have answers. I do have some questions to which I don't have answers to, which is, you know, they say the immunity doesn't last. I heard that, you know, that you give a six month old a shot or an adult, you know, and they say the immunity may last six months. And I, I, I don't understand that because from a immune and scientific point of view, you have, your mucous membranes is the first line of protection. When something hits, you make IgA 
antibodies, and then the IgM antibodies are next, and the long-term antibodies are IgG. And those from natural disease are supposed to last a lifetime. Now immunity, in, in terms of what we can do in testing, I'll use um, measles. So Ooh. somebody had measles, we test them three months later, or even a measles vaccine, it doesn't matter. You test them three months later, you can measure the antibody levels and they're very, very positive. You mm -hmm. test them five years later and the level has dropped. So they call that waning immunity. Mm -hmm. Now that immunity can drop below a threshold for which we can get a test. So let's say that test is one, that less than or equal to 1.0, what, whatever parameters they use means you ha have immeasurable antibodies. So they call it negative. And I always go, well, what if it's 0.9? Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's, it's 0.9. So that means there's still some immunity. And we know if you're exposed again, that it's the bone a natural booster. <laughs> right. So you're telling me it's negative, but if you really could measure and it's 0.9, yeah. to me, that doesn't make sense. So how can a virus have no immunity after six months. No, and that's absolutely not true. And, you know, um, uh, brownstone.org uh, is a fantastic website. Look up natural immunity and they, <clears throat> they've got a couple articles. It's up to more than 150 now showing that natural immunity is um, broad, durable, um, superior to natural immunity, long lasting. And because it's in the coronavirus family and coronaviruses do change, you know, you can get more than one cold in a lifetime, right. but you know, we've got this immune imprinting. And the first time you experience a coronavirus, your, your body be learns how to recognize it, what to do with it. And the next time it sees it, if it's slightly different, you might have some symptoms, but you can deal with it. Right. Right. What they're really concerned about often with vaccination, like with the pertussis shot, if the first, first time you, you get pertussis, it's in the vaccine because of the way they designed it. It was a big whoopsie, which they admit is a big whoopsie. It permanently skews your immune system to have the wrong reaction. And you can never develop proper um, protection from pertussis. You're reliant upon shot after shot after shot if you want to try to suppress symptoms but you never develop immunity and and with these shots now there's um there's that concern of, as well because it seems like with the covid shots you have negative immunity but we're not going to dwell on dwell on shots we're going to we're going to dwell on healthy immunity so children without shots of any sort are not without protection. Correct. When they're really little, they have maternal protection. And then even by a few months old, they're beginning to develop their own by a year. They're right. doing really well. And then so what else can a parent do to support their growing child's uh, immune protection to help them weather the necessary exposures that they need to have to the microbial world? Well, there are a lot of things they can do. And a lot of it is just getting educated. And it's a lot of what 
we do in our practice. So eating the right foods, like in our practice, I, I don't, anytime somebody comes in chronically sick, the first thing I do is take them off dairy and gluten mm-hmm. because dairy is very, very allergenic. And man is the only species that continues to give him another mammal's milk after the child has been weaned. I heard that when I first started practice and went, oh, oh, duh, common sense. No other species does it. Now, you could argue, well, you know, we're man, not animals. I go, we are animals at some level. Yeah. Okay. We are organisms. So those are the first two things. And when I first, um, right before I got into integrative medicine, 85% of kids we did that with, their stuff cleared up because dairy can lead to phlegm production and sticky stuff, right? So you stop those foods. So eating an immune healthy diet is going to be helpful. Now, some people should never eat grain and a lot of children will gravitate to what's best for them naturally. And so I go watch the children. And they did a study years ago, years ago, where they laid, they took a bunch of toddlers, two years old, and laid out a, a, a huge smorgasbord of table of food with candy to healthy food. And initially the toddlers ate all the candy, but very quickly gravitated to the fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. naturally. So, mm-hmm. you know, I go, well, we should listen to our children. Everybody needs to drink water. We talked about dehydration in the last hour. Very true. Every single person needs to be drinking 50% of their body weight in ounces a day of water. If you weigh 20 pounds, that's 10 ounces. 200 pounds, that's 100 ounces to keep your cells hydrated. Everybody needs sunlight. And it's actually not from the dermatology point of view, but the sunlight in the early morning after sunrise is very healthy. And then the hour before sunset, we all need exercise to get oxygenation. We were designed to move, you know, we were designed to move. So walking, gardening, it doesn't have to be hardcore exercise because some people just literally are not built that way. Okay. Yeah. And I wanted to, it's just, uh, yeah, let's go back real quick though, to the sunshine. I believe the times of day you were pointing out have different physiological impact on a human, yes. it wasn't the time to gather vitamin D, but what does early right. morning and, and e- early evening sunlight do for you? It actually, I probably can't say it correctly, but from a Chinese point of view, it is the best time for energy production, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people do Tai Chi at sunrise because the combination of movement and the early morning sun does the best energy production because really at the end of the day, everything is about energy. And so we do a lot of, of Chinese medicine referrals and acupuncture because these things facilitate the body's natural ability to heal itself. Yeah. And that is amazing. I love that modern science is beginning to prove how ancient wisdom, ancient energetic healing modes actually work and why they work. And like, if you were to like, just look at any part of me, 
on the microscope, if you go smaller, 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 you're going to get down to nothing but energy, to, to right. atoms, that it's just energy. I am nothing but pure energy. And that energy can be influenced, which is why, you know, some things, you know, we got to be careful with EMFs and all of that. But thought is energy. Food is energy. Everything really is energy flowing from physical matter to, to other states of existence. Um, so I love that, that certain times of day where you are on the planet with the sky and the sun, and if you take off your socks and you're barefoot on the grass and right. you're bonded with the planet, there's more energy that is being conducted through you for even more um, healing. Yes. It's, that's so cool. I, I interrupted you, but thank you for that. Yeah, no, that's okay. But it's an, it, it is a huge, important point. And people can go, oh, there they go. They're off. And I go, no, this goes back to basics. And if the yeah. ancients knew something, um, then why can't we know it? And, and I often go, stop. Let's go back to common sense again. We have only had vaccines since 1941. Now, you can say Jenner, but mm, that's just another whole bag of worms. Okay, Jenner is given credit for developing the smallpox vaccine from cowpox, but his initial observation was that the milkmaids didn't get variola, smallpox, mm -hmm. because they were naturally exposed to cowpox. They, so they, they were immunized through natural exposure. Mm -hmm. Okay, Now, Jenner, um, I didn't know this till I researched it. He used his son and his son's best friend as the first recipients of his experiments with smallpox. And it did work, but he kept re-inoculating them and his son died at the age of 19. Hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, what a disturbing fact. So, yeah. uh, but you go back and sometimes, you know, people go, well, well, you know, if, if we don't do vaccines, blah, blah, blah. And I go, just stop for a moment. If we've only had them since 1941 and they've exponentially increased in the last 30 years, that's one thing. Look at it. But how have we survived all these millennia without vaccines, testing and pharmaceuticals? You know, yes, people have died from these things. I will not dismiss that. But people still survived. And the people who have survived and been healthy mm -hmm. ate well. OK, I mean, look at nobody sees scurvy anymore. Right. No, you don't see scurvy. scurvy yeah. And you don't see scarlet fever, even though there's no vaccine for that, because we can have treatments, right? Um, but that and that's a whole other rabbit hole of pharmaceutical versus common sense. Right. Well, we also right. use. <laughs> I got into homeopathy with our first child. In mm -hmm. hindsight, I know what happened. He was he was chronically ill with chronic sinusitis his first three years which I believe now was as a result of vaccines, which I didn't know then. Mm -hmm. He had two surgeries before he was three to clean out his sinuses, and he had multiple rounds of antibiotics because I knew none of what I know now. But I hit a stopping point, and I said, I can't do this anymore. So I went to see a homeopath who I was referred to, and in a single treatment, all my son's problems were healed. So wow. I went back to school and learned it and incorporated it into my practice. And there are, and we treat acute illnesses. You can also treat chronic illnesses with it. But these things, again, facilitate the body's ability to heal itself. Mm -hmm. Or, 
um, to facilitate, I don't know the full how, but it, sometimes I don't care about the how, okay? I go, it just works. And I'm not gonna argue with success. Mm-hmm. My other big bugaboo, kind of on the same thing is, the immune system is divine. And I mean that literally. We did not create it, Mm-mm. okay? God did, and it works perfect. And it's worked perfectly well for as long as man has been around, except when man messes it up with his bad habits. Yeah. So everything we know is back engineered. So knowledge is wonderful, but experience leads to understanding. And a a great example of that was given to me. I can give you a 600 page tome on honey, its chemical properties, its color, its effects, everything we know about honey, but you don't know anything about honey really until you taste it. I've got some. Yes. And that experience leads to a deeper understanding. So now you have knowledge and understanding. Yeah. And you were talking, you know, with Greg and everything that I do, it's yes, we have knowledge, but we need to lead to understanding by paying attention. Mm-hmm. And the unvaccinated kids are proving to be healthier, especially over the long. I have children 10, 11, 12 who've never had an antibiotic. Mm. And it's like at a time I, I was I was like, well, I, I didn't think that was possible, but it is. Mm-hmm. It really is. And so, so their biomes must be so healthy. Well, you know, hopefully they're mostly eating organic. The problem is you can't escape from that nasty glyphosate and all the other, a lot of the um, herbicides today work in in such a way that they, I think there were two or three of them. Glyphosate was one roundup that pharmaceutical companies were actually looking at. I don't know if they still are to be like a next generation antibiotic because we're, we're Mm -hmm. going to antibiotic resistance with the current ones. Right. But, but I think that they would have such antibiotic resistance because of its overuse. People are right. already drinking it every day because it's in the rainwater. It's in their tap water. It's in the food they eat. So anyway, right. I digress. The body, the body can still heal itself. I mean, I've seen tons of children who did poorly either after antibiotics or after vaccines. Well, and I've have I have lots and lots of histories of parents who said, my child got really sick after every vaccine until I stopped. And then once I stopped, they recovered. They recovered. So the body does have an ongoing mm-hmm. ability to heal itself yeah. when you give it the right tools. So drinking yeah. half your body weight in water, playing barefoot outside in the ground where it's safe, mm-hmm. you know, grounding yourself, getting the energy, the body can still heal itself of these things. And then, you know, you said it, thoughts are energy. We've got to reprogram and stay with positive thoughts. Yes, bad things can still happen, but when we continue to focus on it and you focus on the fear, oh, I, my child could have this, my child could have this, it will happen. Or something will, or your own health will be um, harmed. Right. Yeah, it's no way to live. Living in fear, it's just, it's it's no way to live. Um, right. We, and yes. and we, we help parents um, let go of fear by giving them knowledge, giving them facts, because when they can stand in confidence, I think one of the scariest things is when you, you, you have been given this precious gift, you know, 
a precious child, which is just a little miracle. And you want to make the right decisions. Decisions you make for yourself, you're like, oh, whatever, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But when you're making a decision for your child, you're so afraid of getting it wrong, you know? And um, so the more you can educate yourself so you can operate from a place of confidence. And I always tell my listeners, one of the most important things is to find a practitioner like you, Dr. France. Find somebody who will be your partner in health so that when your child is experiencing, um, you know, some health issue right. that's concerning, that's like outside your field, you've got this professional you trust. You don't wait till they're sick. You get them now. And then you can refer to them. I had that when my son was little and, and it was such a blessing. Um um, the naturopath is able to just guide me through things and keep me calm. It was just so amazing. That's when um, I had tried a homeopathy a little bit before then. But I remember one day, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is going again. When I think my son was about uh, six years old or so, he was fine one minute. The next minute, he's clutching his head saying, oh, I have such a headache. I don't feel good. And I touched his forehead and he was on fire. So I called his naturopath and she says, that sounds like the flu. That's how the flu this year has been, you know, setting in. And she said, get some oscacillicum. I'm probably not pronouncing it right, but this is a great homeopathic remedy that almost everybody carries, you know, yep. grocery store, Kroger and Walmart and um, uh, Fred Meyer, all the, the big chains, oscacillicum. It's got a, Oh, and a bunch of S's and C's and I's in it. Um, I right. can't smell it. <laughs> and so my husband ran out and got it. And by the time he got home, my son was already throwing up because high fever makes him throw up. But we were able in between to get a little in and it dissolved it in his mouth. And um, within a half hour, his fever had gone from like, it was over 101, maybe 102, down to about 99, 99 and a half where mm -hmm. it stayed elevated to still, cause his white blood cell, it was still healing him. Um, but not so much. It put him in that mode of headache and throwing up. Right. Um, and he got through the illness just fine. It was just, I was like, wow, this stuff works. Oscillicum works great for the flu. Um, anyway, to me, sometimes you, you know, it works if you give it to an animal or if you give to a child there was no no expectation that's going to work and it works <laughs> yeah um, well that yeah. shows you it works because they are not influencing in it influencing it with you know thoughts so these are it, it it's wonderful wonderful experiences and that's what got me into doing what i do mm -hmm. listening to mothers was was number one and then having all these other options is number two because what happened with your son with the flu was the, the remedy and it's oscillococcinum. Oh, thank you. <laughs> help him, help his vital force or his life force, his chi to his immune system to fight it quicker and bring it down. So the children are not defenseless. They are so no, defenseless. No. They're so defenseful, you know, because their system is great. And everybody can have a good immune system. 
okay, mm -hmm. you treat it well. I remember I was, I don't know, it must have been a Facebook group or something, but this woman had had tumors and um, her, her practitioner got her off dairy and the tumors disappeared, right? And so the question was, when can I start dairy again? And the answer was, when you want your tumors back. So it's these things, they're common sense. If taking this away made it disappear, why would you want it back? Mm -hmm. So this is just a reflection of poor programming, poor mm -hmm. thought patterns, or people just want what they want, how they want it. But we have to be accountable and responsible in what we allow into our body. Yeah. And that includes food, movies, thoughts, um, emotions, and society really is very, very negative influencing. And it's so easy to be negative. So, um, and that's what I work on too, is going, okay, look, we got to reprogram this mm -hmm. and start with your children and pay attention to what you're saying, pay attention to how you feel. Cause most adults today do have a wounded inner child because their parents didn't know they were parenting dysfunctionally from their parents. And all of this affects the immune system. We know this, there's the psycho neuroimmunogenic effects, psychology, neurology, immunity. They go together. Yeah. Step one, step one is forgive yourself for not being perfect. Right. Right. Yes. And that way you can move forward with that hope and that open heart and mind to learning without guilt and baggage. That doesn't do you any good. Leave it in the past. Move forward. Right. And if it's yeah. really deep, you know, get help. Yeah. 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 Forgiving ourselves, forgiving our children, teaching our children how to forgive mm -hmm. and how to forgive themselves. Mm -hmm. Um you know, as well. So all of these things build and boost the immune system. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was reading, oh, I've read so many books. I can't remember this name of this one, but it was just talking about a lot of the, um, the, the, the healers, the guys who deal with snakes and allow the snakes to bite them and they yeah. don't die. Yeah, you know, is I that real? That is real. <laughs> it's very real. Okay. okay, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to that church. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the point is that they are in a state of energy where that toxicity cannot touch them. That is, it's like a supernatural thing, and the point is this is achievable. Now that may be above what we're trying to do tonight, but it doesn't yeah. matter well, because it talks to the immunity ability of each of us. Yeah. And if that, you know, is, is beyond the ability of listeners to sort of accept, you know, snake bite. Right. Think, oh, we could think about some of our most elite soldiers, different soldiers in different core groups. I can't remember what they're called. But some of these soldiers train themselves to almost 
like be comatose. They can shut down. They can slow their heartbeat down to almost nothing. They can drop their body temperature or raise their body temperature. Um, They can withstand temperatures that would kill other people. They can train their bodies um, that way. And that is very real. (laughs) Um, And I'm sure the snake bite, you know, I, I could probably do research. I guess I have learned, especially the past few years, never say never. I like to be open-minded to all, but I try not to be gullible. (laughs) I try to be critical, skeptical, but open-minded, you know. Well, that is just a, it, I, I do believe it has happened and it is real. I have not witnessed it. The point is just, even with yeah. the soldiers, it's the same principle and they mm-hmm. can be trained. Each of us can be trained and taught how to modulate our own, our own body systems. I mean, there's yeah. enough evidence in the world for that. And it's, um, so you just bring it back down to the very basics here is we are yeah. born really we're born whole with a good immune system. Mother protects us the first six to nine months. Breast milk is an additional thing. The right Mm -hmm. foods that we put into our body, the right mental training. Like one of my favorite books is by John Eldridge and it's called Wild at Heart. And it's about boys and how boys go through six phases in life. Beloved son, cowboy, warrior, lover, king, and sage. And I love that because the first 25 years encompass beloved son, cowboy warrior, Mm -hmm. which when you're talking about soldiers, so many of who you're talking about are 25 and under. Okay. And, and I go, well, there's your cowboy warrior stage right there. (laughs) But children need to know they are beloved. Yes. They are loved for who they are, not for what they do to frame them um, and program them in the future. And, and, you know, you're never given the child that you thought you were going to get. Right. What you got is way better than what you thought you were going to get, but it's different than when you thought you were going to get. So you sometimes have to let go of what you thought you were going to get. And then look at, holy moly, look at this wonderful being I did get and get, and, and love them for who they are. Yeah. <laughs> when I tell parents, I go, look, your kids are smarter than you. Every yeah. generation is smarter. And that is a gift. So they keep us young by keeping us on our toes. But every single one of these points modulates the <clears throat> immune system. And happy people, loved people, optimistic people, problem-solving people, people who look at things as opportunities and not always obstacles, have healthier immune systems. So it's not just about what we eat, what we put in our body. Certainly that matters. Mm -hmm. It does matter. And I ask people all the time, if we're in a discussion, I go, you know, hey, Bernadette, what would you rather have? Would you rather have health, organic hemlock or just regular hemlock? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Right. So listeners, you don't get it because I get a lot of people say, well, I'd rather have organic hemlock. And I go, hemlock is a poison. It will kill you. Okay. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's paying attention, setting a plan. And probably one of the biggest things we can do is well, be educated. Yeah. I mean, 
if you were to say, Bernadette, would you rather live in a mansion with a chef, with all the food you'd want, and a pool, and just this beautiful life, but with the other people in the house always angry and yelling, and you don't feel loved? Or you could live in the shack down the road with an outhouse and, you know, um, you have to rummage through garbage cans for food. But everybody in that house loves you. Which would you choose? I mean, I choose that house of love. I'd figure out how to not eat out of the garbage cans after a while because I think that right. that's what we do. But the idea of living without love, without being in that nurturing environment, I mean, my soul hurts. And I just, I couldn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so important. Love is so important. I've been having this conversation everywhere. I had this conversation today at the laundromat this morning with this dear guy. Wow. We, the, the more we started talking this and that, and pretty soon he says, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. I'm like, oh my goodness. Right here in Northeast Tennessee at the laundromat. Somebody knows who Dr. Sherry Tenpenny is. Really amazingly right. educated people here. And these are just your average working Joe, you know. It's pretty cool. Um, I don't, where am I going on that? Down that rabbit Love hole here. <laughs> the yeah. shack. Yeah, you, yeah. All right. So we are meant to be connected. And we do better when we are connected, when we are nurtured, when we are loved. When we are empowered and yeah. we get empowered through education and people who care to share rather than dictate and palliate. Oh, I love that. Dictate and palliate. <laughs> that's, that's very good. Okay, we've got like two more minutes. So our number one goal is don't be afraid. Right. Find Right now, that's your goal this week. If you don't have a healthcare practitioner on your side, aligned with you, who's your partner in life, this week, you make it your goal to start finding one. You're going to need one soon. So find that partner. Uh, what's next? Well, I what's don't know, name? but I will throw this in. You're in Tennessee. Yeah. For um, I, do, I, I do have a license in Tennessee, nice. North Carolina, Georgia. Florida. So fantastic. Um, yeah, we are able to do telehealth visits for people who wish to be participants in what we do. Oh, fantastic. So give us your website. Yes, it's www.thefranscenter.com. Fantastic. The and I've got that pulled up right here. I can show Whoops, I've got it. Let me switch over, see if it goes to your homepage. It's still on your book. Let's see if it switches over. There we go, the France Center. And you're talking about very timely right now, childhood rashes. So um, is there a whole yeah. article they can go read about that? Yeah. Actually, yeah, we ha I have a class I did on that. And then I've done two classes on anxiety. Um, mm -hmm. Parenting, I have a whole series. They actually can reach that through um, the, France, the France Center School. Okay. which that website is www 
the dot school dot the com. Okay. That sounds fantastic. So again, what states do you are allowed to practice in? Uh, Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Florida. Awesome. Thank you so much. Here comes our music. Um, Dr. France, thank you for joining me today. I so appreciate it. My voice is about gone, so I'm glad it's time to go. You've been listening to an informed life radio on 1150 AFKKNW and CDTV. We'll be back next week, and I'll, I'll have my voice with me next week. Thank you. If you're looking for a publication that delivers honest takes and critical insights into the issues of our day, then look no further than The Flame Paper. The Flame Paper is written for the people, by the people, who aren't afraid to challenge a mainstream narrative, be it healthcare, voter fraud, political correctness, or even the one world government. The Flame is full of timely articles, reports, and expert advice written by freedom-loving, truth-telling experts, journalists, and concerned citizens. To subscribe, go to theflameusa.com. Hi, I'm Lynn Redwood, president of the nonprofit Children's Health Defense. Our chairman, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and our entire team are devoted to ending the epidemic of illnesses and disorders plaguing our children today. Through legal action, we're working to hold industries and government agencies accountable and to establish safeguards to prevent further harm. We're working overtime during this COVID-19 crisis to keep you informed about the politics and science of rush vaccine candidates. Freedom and our children's futures have never been more in jeopardy. But we can succeed. With your help, we can stop the devastation and give our children and grandchildren the healthy future they deserve. To learn more about what we're doing and how you can help, visit childrenshealthdefense.org and sign up for our free news. Please visit childrenshealthdefense.org today. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, The High Wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate, evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. High above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com.